Padres come out and play. me on instagram and twitter at omfg atav once again that is omfg it's j a v don't forget to follow the podcast on instagram and twitter at the deep fire podcast where we are interacting with you all the time you want to talk to us hit us up we'll hit you back also go to the website buy some stuff look good doing it support the podcast the deep fire podcast on today's episode we're just gonna have a little friday fireside chat in a sense we're gonna talk about the upcoming opening day which is less than a week away folks we're gonna talk about how the team is currently doing we've got quite a few people on the il lamette is back that these got hurt Kinda. And we had a pretty awesome draft for the Padres Twitter fantasy draft. I'm going to walk you through my first pick and any sort of highlights. So let's get into it. So you don't need to be a genius to know that opening day tickets are the hottest ticket in town right now. The resale value on some nosebleeds that I've seen that the cheapest was $210 per ticket. A set of two. This is in section 316, folks. So those are nosebleeds. Very, very top. $210. Which is absolutely wild to think that opening day tickets are so expensive. But obviously, there's a lot going on. COVID, 20% capacity, limited pods, limited seating. Last week, we talked about how the Padres are going to use every single inch of the stadium that they can. And there's going to be some fun new things added for the experience. So uh, you're going to get service directly to you. In your seat where or your pod, wherever that is. So that's going to be pretty awesome. You're going to have to order through your phone and then they bring you anything you need. Um, so I think that's going to be pretty cool. It's not going to be a lot of people walking around, not going to be a lot of lines. Um, that's one of the probably one of the toughest things, um, you know, just trying to get a beer or some food at Peco Park, especially over near Park in the Park where all the beer stands are. It's pretty tough getting getting anything. Like you're standing in line anywhere from five to 10 minutes and that's five, 10 minutes of the game that you're missing. So I think it's a pretty innovative idea and I think the Padres are going to do really well. And I think all the Padres fans are going to appreciate it, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be an interesting dynamic and new way to experience the game in a sense. But opening day, like I said, it's going to be limited capacity. Everybody's trying to buy tickets. 
And the tickets that are going for resale are so inflated. But here's what I'll tell you. Is it worth the money to go to opening day? Hell yes. It absolutely is. Going to opening day should be a national holiday in the United States. It is an experience in itself. The ceremony, the game itself, it just represents something, right? Every single team on opening day is on neutral ground. Every single fan has hopes of making the playoffs, making the World Series, and everyone's on equal footing. It's the one day a year where you can look at an Orioles fan and a Yankees fan and you both are tied and the prospect of playing out the season is in play. Now, we know opening day tickets are inflated. They're expensive. If you can't afford opening day because we all have a life, we all have bills, we have families, right? We may not have the luxury to pay opening day for 2021 because we know it is going to be inflated. Typically, tickets you can find tickets for like 20, 30 bucks. But if you can't make the opener, but you still want to attend an opener. Tony Gwynn once told the San Diego Tribune that the home opener was always a sellout crowd. But the next day you found out who the real fans were. Since that quote, the Fire Faithful have lovingly called Game 2 of the season the Tony Gwynn opener. For opening day, you typically get crowds and crowds of people who typically probably wouldn't attend an opening day. But like all the things we just talked about, right? The ceremony, the prestige of an opening day, it just attracts people, right? It's a It should be an American holiday. So again, if you can't make opening day because you have to be at work, too expensive, resales insane, look into buying tickets for game two. The Tony Gwynn opener. Because that's where the real fans are. And staying on the topic of opening day. Jace Tingler and the Padres have officially announced. Our opening day starter. And you know who it's going to be. You. Darvish. I'm so sorry you guys. That was just my millennial coming through. Uh, fun tidbit. That was actually the hot song of my prom back in 2008. Totally showing my age here. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Uh, Fun song. You, Darvish, is going to be your opening day starter. But do not fret. If you cannot make it to you, Darvish's opening day, make sure you go to Tony Gwynn's opener where you will see Mr. Pineapples himself, Blake Snell, throw out the first pitch of game two. We, as Padre fans, are in a world of positivity and excitement. And I know that on this pod, we've been praising AJ Preller for everything that he's done. All the moves, making us competitive. We are blessed as Padre fans to have him as a GM. But this is the first time that we're really going to be able to see this product. Everything that we've been hyping up since December when all these trades were announced, all these moves, 
right? The final pieces to the puzzle, in a sense, were in place, put in place. Now we actually get to see that finished product on the field. And there's not going to be a single day that you go to a baseball game at Petco Park and not see a quality product on the field. Not see an elite arm on the mound. I'm excited just to see everything that we've been talking about for the last three years, four years, right? The rebuild really show and us has success, long-term success. And it all starts on opening day next Thursday. Now you Friar Faithful know that even in this, in these waves of positivity, it would not be a Padre storyline if there wasn't a wrench thrown in it. And we've had quite a few wrenches thrown in it. Currently, we have 10 players sitting either in the IL or just inactive due to nagging injuries that they got over the last few weeks at spring training. So we're going to go with the guys that we know are not going to be in. So Mike Clevenger currently sitting on a 60-day IL, but obviously he's not going to pitch at all this year. You're not going to see him. Obviously with him and his Tommy John surgery, we won't see him. The earliest we'll probably see him is going to be in spring training 2022. Trey Winginter, same thing. Wing. Gone. Matt Strom dealing with a knee injury. Um, he's been having some trouble with his knees. Uh, he had it last year. He's been working through it. But again, he's not going to be in our opening day lineup, at least not anytime soon. Javi Guerra, Jose Castillo, also gone. Right? Arm injuries. And now we're going to get into the players who are actually on our active roster. Who just have been hurt. So we're going into opening day. With some bumps and bruises. So we're going to start with Drew Pomeranz. My guy has some bicep um, uh, swelling, uh, puffiness, whatever it may be. They just shut him down. And let's see how how that translates into opening day and into the season. Because obviously he lost a couple of uh, weeks worth of work. But at the end of the day, it's Drew Pomeranz. He's a pro's pro. And his stuff is absolutely elite. So even on his bad days, he can get you beat pretty easily. Denelson Lament, we just saw him back on Wednesday through his first inning of spring training. He's probably going to get stretched out to two innings by next week. Maybe he's going to pitch one more game in spring training. And after that, he's probably going to go to the uh, to the alternative site with the minor leaguers and just get his work done, get stretched out. We probably won't see him till May. Maybe mid to late April if everything goes well. But I'm comfortable saying that he'll be back in May. When he does... Whichever position, wherever position the Padres are in going into May, Lamette's only going to make us that much better. Pierce Johnson, Austin Nola, Trent Grisham. Three more players who we need, right, are pivotal pieces to the success of this team. Trent Grisham, Austin Nola, play up the middle. Our catcher and our center fielder are hurt. Both have been getting work in, right? 
everybody all reports at this point they're getting work in it's just a matter of when they're going to be comfortable signing off and letting him get back on the get back on the active roster we got a week till opening day less than a week so hopefully happens a lot sooner than later and hopefully they'll be ready the way i'm thinking about these injuries plain and simple the team played 60 games last season right they had a 60 game sprint their bodies at this point, weren't stretched out, right? And you're preparing it to run a marathon of 162 games. It's like getting back in the weight room after not lifting weights for over a year. You cannot get in there and automatically start pushing 150 pounds of weight. It's not going to happen. You have to ease yourself into it. And your body's going to tell you, right? Your body's going to respond and tell you, hey, slow down. And that's what's happening. I'm not worried about it. This team, even with our backups, right, even with our bench, is still one of the best teams in the entire MLB, right? If we need to give them an extra week while the season starts, right, maybe they miss a series or two, we are going to be in a great spot because our team is great. So I'm not worried. You shouldn't either. Grisham and Nola, probably the two most important pieces, add Pomerantz to that piece as well. They'll be back. Just no need to rush. I think the Padres are doing exactly what they need to do. Slow them down. Get them going. And speaking of injuries. Fernando Tatis gave essentially the entire city of San Diego a huge scare the other day. Routine ground ball, shortstop. Little aggressive at it. Threw the ball. The ball out of his hand came out extremely weak. It was a pretty weak throw by all accounts. And something was wrong. For now that these ended up getting walked off with the trainer and Jay Stingler, walked off the field. And ultimately what ended up happening was like a left shoulder strain, a kink, something happened. Collectively, San Diego was 1000% worried. Everybody all over Twitter, all over Instagram, messages left and right that I was getting. What's going on with that? These it's, it's wild. Everybody was so worried. So when it came out, that he was okay, he just needed a day of rest, and he'll be back in the lineup. Everybody breathed a sigh of relief. But it goes to show, it goes to show, for now that these his style of play also comes with a downside. In his entire career so far, he's dealt with injuries because of his style of play. His style of play is extremely aggressive. He has that natural instinct. He is, he is not scared to move, throw his body around to get the job done. And that is what makes El Nino El Nino, right? He plays the game like a kid. I'm okay with it. As a Padre fan, you have to be okay with it to an extent, right? If it's irresponsible, then we're worried, right? But if it's just his play, his body, he just needs to get used to it. Again, we're going back to what we just talked about with everybody else. It's early in the season, coming off that 60-game season, preparing your body for 162. It's probably one of those things, just got to get right, get stretched, get it good, and get loose. You got a week to figure it out at this point. There's no reason to jeopardize your season in spring training. He didn't do anything crazy. He just went at the ball pretty aggressively went to throw it and hurt his shoulder. It was innocent. It was an innocent injury, but an injury nonetheless. The great thing about what happened is he did take his day off, 
But the next day he was in the lineup and my guy drew a walk and then hit a three run bomb against the Rangers. So if you have any concerns about that shoulder nagging injuries, don't worry about it. My guy is fine and he will be fine and ready to give you guys a show. In other news, in other podcast news, we officially had our Padres Twitter Fantasy League Fantasy Draft. And that was a lot of fun, you guys. It was the first time that a lot of us actually got to see each other's faces, right? So actually putting faces to the Twitter accounts, to the names, and that was a blast. Just want to give a shout out to everybody who participated. It was a lot of fun. Everybody was engaged. Everybody was invested in their teams. Um, there was a lot of back and forth, uh, a lot of banter, a lot of, you know, poking fun. And and, uh, and that was exactly what it was about. Um, Padres Twitter Fantasy League also mended some relationships. Padres Obsessed West and Locked On Padres, Javi Peño, Javier. Uh, those two have gone back and forth. Actually, it's been more West getting going at Javi Peño on Twitter um, over his takes, podcast, wherever it may be. It was the first time they actually ever interacted, and they interacted via Zoom. One thing after another, they're buds. They're funny story. They're both from New Jersey. And hilariously enough, uh, Wes tweeted out something along the lines of like, hey, I want to publicly apologize uh, to Javi Peño, and he's actually a nice guy. So um, Padres Twitter, building relationships, mending broken hearts. Love it. Love it. But back to the draft, I ended up picking ninth, ninth overall. For my first pick, I went with Francisco Lindor. Main reason, Fernando Tatis was taken first, of course, by my man, the Murph SD. What's up? Shout out. Anyway. I ended up going Francisco Lindor. There's quite a few people ahead of him ranked on ESPN's fantasy. But here was my thought. Francisco Lindor is on a contract year. He wants a fat contract. He's in a new city, new team. He is going to have a career year. And a career year for Francisco Lindor is saying a lot because he's had some pretty amazing years, right? He is an elite shortstop elite player in this game for what he does. So for him being my number one pick, Took a little bit of a gamble because, once again, he wasn't projected to perform as some other players were. But decided to go for Lindor, my number one, because I think not that he's going to be a sleeper pick, but I think he's definitely going to exceed expectations, which is saying a lot. Also, I have a four to one ratio. Dodgers, Padres on my fantasy team. I ended up taking Cody Bellinger for two. I also have Will Myers, Ryan Weathers, Nelson Lamette, and I also, for my last pick of the draft, very last pick, 26th pick, I picked up our Irish thick boy, Brian O'Grady. On Sunday, this Sunday, coming up, I have a second draft that I'm a part of, another fantasy league. This one called 
the world pod classic 16 different podcasts throughout the country and Canada all competing for top pod winners get bragging rights of course we have podcast representing different teams bunch of different hosts a lot of different personalities uh, we have a group feed that's been pretty interesting pretty drama filled already so we're pretty excited to see how it all plays out um, I gotta say that I've been enjoying uh, some popcorn watching the conversations on this feed man um, people are intense and um, yeah yeah that's it for me you guys Enjoy your days. Enjoy your weekend. I will keep you updated on the World Pod Classic. I will keep you updated on the Padres Twitter Fantasy League. I'm facing off with Mr. Padres Fan Takes for week one. And I will see y'all on opening day. Whichever one that you go to. We'll talk soon. Peace. Peace.